0: up it's your host Tori and who is ready to be petty happy 2021 everybody I hope you had a fab new year's I spent it zooming with my family and then on TikTok for the rest of the night uh so it was definitely not one for the bucks and then basically since then it has just been pure Sunday scaries but I did have the pleasure of talking with Ida from TikTok and toronto <laughs> about princess diana her tragic passing and some of the theories and conspiracies around her death we also talk a little bit about her marriage to prince charles and their divorce and what she did after it and then we chat about prince will and kate prince harry and megan will's hairline <laughs> It was a really good conversation despite all of the like really dark topics, so I hope that you enjoy it. If you're new around here, make sure you go and follow at RTBP Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and come join our listener Facebook group. We talk all about pop culture, reality TV, celeb gossip, the usual. And you can do me a big favor by heading over to Apple Podcasts, if you're not already there, and leaving RTBP a five-star rating and review. Okay, let's get to the episode. I'm back with a very special guest. Ida from TikTok is here. Ida, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me today. Thanks for
0: coming on. I found Ida from TikTok, another TikToker I feel like I am really expanding the pod to include um, this new platform new for me I guess because as we were talking about before this episode I am a boomer (laughs) compared to (laughs) Ida but I found Ida's TikToks covering Princess Di and the royal family and I knew I had to have her on the podcast Ida, can you tell the listeners of the podcast a little bit about yourself?
1: For sure. So honestly, I'm just a 21-year-old business student in Toronto. I was bored during quarantine, downloaded TikTok, started off with whipped coffee. And (laughs) I've always loved The Crown. And I just made a TikTok about Princess Diana and just a little bit about her. And it got a lot of attention. And I just started making more content about the royal family and Princess Diana. And I guess that's kind of what I do on TikTok now. But I'm just finishing up my fourth year of my undergrad.
0: Nice. What do you plan on doing once you're done school?
1: That's a good question. I was having a conversation (laughs) with my dad about this yesterday. So I applied for law school for next year. So let's see how that goes. But I definitely see myself in like the business or legal field, hopefully both with corporate law, but hopefully there'll be good news about that soon.
0: That's amazing. Well, when you are a lawyer, you need to do a lot of research. And I feel like you are <laughs> primed for that
1: because all of your TikToks are so well researched. If I'm not behind bars, I get comments sometimes and they're like, the royal family will come for you. Like, don't say this. Have you seen those at all? I get kind of scared sometimes. I'm like, should I be posting this on <laughs> social media? Like, at least I'll, I'll be a lawyer and I can get myself out of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's kind of crazy. But that is something, yeah, that I kind of want to talk about is, is, yeah, how they have such a tight grip on like media and stuff. But we will get into that. We're both Canadian. I'm from the West Coast. You're in Central Canada. What was your experience growing up and learning about the royal family? Because like we are part of the Commonwealth, which I like forget
1: like 90% of the time. I honestly forget that all the time, too. And I think growing up, I think there was like two ways I was exposed to the royal family. One was like you said, we're Canadian, we're part of the Commonwealth, we kind of learn about the constitutional monarchy in school, I think it was always a part of like geography class and stuff in elementary school. But I think like my biggest memory of learning about the royal family is you know when you're in a convenience store or like a gas station or a grocery store and there's like the meg like hello magazine and it's like yes. why did like Kate Middleton wear this and it's almost like I think I've always viewed them more as celebrities than government which I don't know if that's wrong but like my first memories of the royal family is just like celebrity gossip like what they're wearing what they're eating who they're talking to. And just, like, waiting in line with my mom and, like, looking at the magazine. And I think that's what spiraled into being so, I guess, obsessed with them when we're older and watching The Crown. So those are, like, my first memories. But was that just me or do you remember these magazines as well? Totally. And
0: I I think that that was the same. Like, I was a 90s baby. So, like, I vaguely remember, like, Princess Di coverage. But like definitely Kate Middleton and Harry and William growing up for sure, like covered a lot of tabloid magazines and my family loved to buy those and read them and like watch entertainment tonight and stuff like that. So I think you're totally right. It was the same for me. I did view them more as celebrities than like truly like a form of yeah government in Canada.
1: No, for sure. And there's just something really, I guess, interesting about them because it's like at the end of the day they're just people but they live such a different life that i think like videos that you see on youtube that's like 10 things that you're not allowed to do as a royal like those just get me going because i'm like i want to know what you can't do like it's really interesting to learn about their life
0: Yeah, that's so true. I've gone down those rabbit holes like just so easily of like what will happen when Queen Elizabeth passes away and stuff like that, like all of the protocols. (laughs) And it, it it is just fascinating. Do you think that there is a reason we're fascinated with like the British royal family than like other ones? Because there are other monarchies in the world, but they seem to have such a hold on like people's fascination.
1: See, that's the thing. Like, I was doing research a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, there's so many more monarchies than we're aware of. But when someone says like the queen or the king, you don't think of Belgium. You think of the UK. And I think obviously being Canadian has an aspect to do with it, just the fact that we are part of the, mon- uh, the Commonwealth. But I also think that I don't know I think the the UK or Britain is just such a strong powerful nation they have impacted the world in a lot of positive and negative ways so I feel like everyone has something to say about them in a a way where I feel like some of the other countries that are monarchies or constitutional monarchies are more secluded small don't have as much I guess power on the world and I think just the timeline of everything that happened like looking at us growing up you know Obviously, I wasn't born when Princess Diana passed away yet, but Princess Diana passes away. It's a big deal. Everyone's talking about it. Then Charles marries Camilla. Everyone's talking about it. William and Harry are two like bachelors who's going to be the future wives of these very tall, handsome, rich royalties. So I think that there's just always something going on with them, whereas maybe I'm not even looking into it, but I've never heard something about like the son of the of the king of Monaco I couldn't even if he could be in front of me in Longos and I wouldn't know who he is like that (laughs) is literally that is how it is truly there I that's I think the biggest thing there's like just always some aspect of mystery to them why did they do this why did that happen and whether it's good or bad I think kind of gets people hooked and people want to know
0: yeah I wonder if in Europe there's more public interest in other monarchies like Spain and stuff especially with like the younger royals where like it's very easy for them to be like in tabloids etc but yeah I guess that makes a lot of sense like the UK is obviously I don't know if they're considered like a superpower but they're definitely like in one of the like biggest uh, most influential countries in the world I think something that I also think about of being in Canada is like sometimes you just don't notice that, like, everything actually has to do with the <laughs> the monarchy, like, even just, like, the ferries that I take to get to Vancouver Island, like, they are either named after Queen Elizabeth or they have a picture of her, like, hanging at the front, like, just those types of things, like, I, I live near uh, the Parliament uh, buildings in Victoria and, like, There's pictures of the queen. Obviously, there's like the queen's entrance. Uh, When Will and Kate and Harry and Meghan got married, you could go down and write like well wishes to them and they would like mail them (laughs) to them. So I think it's like also just it's kind of all around us, even though we don't maybe notice it.
1: Oh 100%. This is like a legal fact here my future loyal <laughs> lawyer coming in the middle but I went to law camp in the US I know I'm such a nerd but I was so con- <laughs> I was so confused because when you have a legal case in Canada something as small as this is it says R v the person where in the US it's like the people versus someone and I was so confused I'm like how this is something little but it is I guess a, a legal case is one of the biggest forms of legislation or government or enforcement in a country and that is the representation of the crown so something is something so little but it's very symbolic
0: that's such a good point you're right like our cases are the crown that form of government the judicial system is called the crown that represents the the government and then you're right the r is like regina for queen elizabeth and then when it is king charles eventually maybe question
1: mark yeah maybe um, It'll be Rex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you're totally right i feel like it's just everywhere but you don't notice it or like even on our money and stuff like it's all most of it is like queen elizabeth so yeah. it is really interesting and i guess that's a difference that we have from like the states or other countries that aren't part of the commonwealth okay i think we should get into it So you are like one of the biggest Princess Diana fans that (laughs) I've seen on TikTok. And I think that just goes to show that her, not fandom, but I guess so, like her popularity and public interest has really spanned like decades and even like after her death, which I think is really interesting and shows kind of the type of person that she is.
1: For sure. I think that she was just one of a kind. I think that's like the one way that you can describe it. Like she wasn't just this very beautiful, fashionable, pretty girl. She was so kind. She was so genuine. And I think that people, I guess, hadn't been exposed to that in any form of the royal family before. Shade, but not shade. And (laughs) people just loved her. And I think because her death was so sad and so sudden, rather than kind of being like, oh, that was so... That was so, I guess, heartbreaking, but let's move on. People even talked about her more after she passed away. All these documentaries, all these books, they came out because I guess people didn't want to forget her. Um, and I think that's something that's really beautiful and touching about her life. It's so interesting to me
0: because the it seems like, or from what I've heard, the modern family, the royal the family... family. <laughs>
1: Like the TV show. show. Good show. Yes, it is.
0: The royal family always wants to modernize itself. And I feel like Princess Diana showing kindness and compassion and feelings to other people is like one way that they could have done that. Why do you think that there was always so much like tension between the royal family and Diana? Like, it, it doesn't seem like she had any allies.
1: I think people, like human nature wise, you just feel threatened by change or something that's unconventional. So I think if and that doesn't have to be if you're in the royals or anything, like if you have a certain way of doing things and running the show and someone walks in and they do it so differently and it gets amazing coverage from the public and people love them. I hate to say it, but I don't think it's anything other than jealousy. And even in one of Prince Dana's documentaries, like she talks about how, for example, Prince Charles would joke about the fact that, oh, like, everyone comes for her, no one comes for me. But you know how there's that quote that goes behind every, I'm just kidding, there's a little bit of truth. I do think that it's like, uh, oh, I'm so jealous of my wife, ha ha ha, but it, I'm actually jealous. And I'm just kind of using humor as a way to write it off. And I think that the, the main difference was the royals, I do think that like to kind of create a barrier between themselves and the public. And I'm not saying that I think that's right or wrong, but that's kind of been the way that things have always been. So I think Diana coming and, you know, sending her kids to um, like day school and not being homeschooled, having her kids at a hospital, not a castle, going to her kids like events at school. It wasn't like a tiny step towards this non-traditional parenting style it was like a massive leap that I don't think anyone expected or wanted and I think that just created so much tension within the family
0: right and I guess like this was 30 some years ago whereas now you're right I feel like they are making incremental changes to be more with the public like we see Will and Kate's kids going to school and stuff like that exactly but you're right this is like still 30 years like later than than this thing I I just don't get though and maybe this is something that I've always been curious about and maybe it's specific to people in the royal family and specifically like in line for the throne but wouldn't you just want to be like a power couple like Charles and Diana and like not capitalize on your wife's fame because that sounds gross but like kind of merge forces instead of like dim her light
1: kind of like a brangelina before they got a divorce
0: totally totally
1: so i before they got a divorce that was kind of (laughs) sad but i agree (laughs) but i think the the piece the missing piece of the puzzle to be a power couple is you need one, to be in love mutually, and two, I think you need both parties to be very secure in the fact that the other person's shining. And I think like, you know, in today's pop culture, I can't think of like an example off the top of my head, but when you see these couples and like they're genuinely happy to see the other person thrive and shine and they take turns, I don't think that was the case for um, Charles and Diana. Their marriage was just so empty that i think that there wasn't room to have that power couple i guess vibe and even if i think you wanted to fake it for paparazzi i don't think charles would put his ego aside i'm speaking about these people like i know them personally i love it i love it but i just feel like i just feel like you know like you're the what motivates you to be so compassionate and be someone's number one fan i think is love and that's why you do that for your best friends that's why you do that for your boyfriend because you genuinely just love them and If that's not there, I don't think that you can have that.
0: Yeah, that is such a good point. And I think that kind of brings us to, like, their marriage because we're kind of fast forwarding a little bit. But why was Charles initially, like, pushed to marry Diana when he, like, obviously, like, had a relationship with Camilla before and, like, Didn't love her, or it seemed like even like her truly. So why, why did they want to match them together?
1: So I was actually reading about this the other day. So Charles and Camilla dated, like you said, and then he found out that Andrew, who's Camilla's ex husband, wanted her. As side note, as he was dating Princess Anne. So it was like a, he was dating Princess Anne, he wanted to get with Camilla, Charles found out, and he was like, okay, hey, I'm dating this girl, I really like her, kind of to like, like time to put a ring on it. And the rumor is, is that basically his mom and his aunts didn't approve because they just thought, she's not fit for you. And I think because the reason that they like Diana so much is because Diana fit externally what they wanted in a princess, you know, she's very quiet, timid, she doesn't talk too loud, she's not outspoken, but I think they didn't expect that, like, she has these small gestures that don't, they're so meaningful, but they're so small, and I think they thought that, in very blunt terms, that Diana could just be like a puppet, a pretty girl that would be a good princess, be the future mother of the potential king, and they, I think, especially with an age difference, you think that, oh, I, I would be able to I don't want to say take advantage of but I would be able to control a girl almost over a decade younger than me and I think that Diana came from a really good family they were wealthy they had connections with the the royals they knew them so I think on paper everything just kind of made sense to go for Diana when in reality like we just talked about this when there's not really a genuine love or interest there it really means nothing.
0: It's so fascinating to me because, like, I think that makes a lot of sense. But then when you look at Queen Elizabeth's life, like, I always kind of pretend that she's a feminist, which, like, doesn't sound like she is. But, like, with her reign, she has had to do so many things, like, by herself with, like, it seems like Prince Philip, at least from what I've seen from The Crown, is not helpful. I was surprised to see that, too. He seems like a jerk and, like not a good partner in terms of like their relationship but then also like ruling together and it just seems like she did Queen Elizabeth did so much on her own like with like connecting with the prime ministers and yeah just all of the things that she's done in her uh, very very long reign but it seems like wouldn't she want Like, I would envision if that was me, I would be like, I want my son to have an equal partner who can help him be like a successful ruler or whatever, (laughs) and not, yeah, like a puppet. But maybe that's just me.
1: I don't know. Like, I think logically that's what that is what makes sense. But I just think, like, you said before, like, 30 years ago that wasn't the case like 30 years ago i don't even think regular people wanted i hate to say it like an equal partner as of a wife like i think right now we're dealing with equality issues and the feminist movement so 30 years ago i think for and knowing just like charles through media for Queen Elizabeth to be like, you're gonna marry someone and they're gonna have 50% of your responsibilities in the royal family. I just don't think that's how things were, period, let alone in the monarchy. But yeah. I like I you know what I mean? I think we're using like 2020 logic on yes. the 1970s.
0: You're you're completely right. I was literally just thinking that. Which makes me like <laughs> No, I don't want to empathize because it's still gross but like it does put it in a different context because I totally get that that we've changed a lot as a society and and maybe we see that more in Will and Kate and Megan and Harry versus like Charles and Diana.
1: And what's exactly and what's crazy to me or like what's interesting not even crazy is that in our heads, like the responsibilities are not split. It's kind of like you want a very hardworking prince and just like a nice like arm candy wife. That's how we're putting it. But I think it's so weird because like in their perspective, it's like Diana at the time had the biggest responsibility of all was to have a firstborn son. And that sounds, if you say that in 2020, I think that sounds ridiculous. People will laugh at you, hopefully. But the reality <laughs> yeah. is, is when, when it was announced that William is a boy, people were having like parties. People were so ecstatic because that is what like a strong monarchy is. And if you've seen, um, I think it's the intro to the crown, maybe the first episode. And it's like all monarchies, all they want to do is survive. And I think that's it. Like do what do what you have to do to survive. If it means you need to give birth to a son, let's do that. And I think the pressures were there. They were just on the wrong aspects. No one cared if, you know, you're trying to create um, awareness about people with HIV. Like, are you giving birth to a son or a girl? Are we having, are we continuing this, this monarchy? And that's, I guess, just how it was.
0: You're right. It was only changed like in the last handful of years that women could even be in line for the throne because Charlotte is, I think, the first woman that a girl now but <laughs> she's so cute. um she's so cute I like her the best I feel like for some reason and I'm probably just projecting I feel like George is like a little bit of a douchebag <laughs> like he just he looks like I don't know just a How spoiled is brat he, like to me like or
1: something is he baby? yes you know, he's yeah. kid.
0: <laughs> and I still like I stand by that like <laughs> oh <my. laughs> I don't know. He has great parents, so maybe he's not like that. But I just feel like, again, it's so weird how differently the firstborn, especially at that time, son gets treated differently than everybody else.
1: A hundred percent. We can talk about this later. It's the prime example of it is the Kate Middleton marriage, how now how that was treated versus the Meghan Markle marriage and how that was treated.
0: Completely, yeah. And we'll get into the fab four, as they used to be called. I don't think anyone calls them that now, but we'll get into that later. I think we're leaving that in (laughs)
1: 2020. Yeah,
0: totally. So, obviously, Charles and Diana's relationship was, like, pretty empty and pretty difficult, as, like, depicted a little bit on season four of The Crown, What did Diana do after she divorced Charles? Because I think we know how their marriage played out. But I don't know much about her life after her divorce.
1: To be honest, in a lot of like documentaries and books that I've at least seen, they don't really talk about. That was when like her depression and bulimia was still spiraling. So the way that I've kind of read about it was that after her divorce, she was just like the best mom that she could be in. I think that's a very maternal instinct. Like, I'm, I don't, I'm not in my marriage anymore. Let me take care of um, my sons. And I don't think it was for years, a couple of years, actually, until she got into a couple serious-ish relationships. So I think she just continued to work on the important initiatives that she cared about that was something that really spiraled more tension. Cause I think what you were talking about before, about how, you know, there was so much tension when the marriage was together. I think it even escalated after the marriage was torn apart was that she didn't let the fact that she wasn't, you know, her Royal Highness stop her from kind of doing whatever she wanted to do. And I think that the jealousy comes to play here when, you know, you're technically not um, a part of the Royal family anymore, but your face is on the cover of every magazine and, people still talk about you more than they talk about your husband. And I think that tension really um, probably escalated into some internal conflict within all of them.
0: And it's so weird because I feel like we're having the same thing with, again, bringing up something we'll talk about later, but Prince Harry and Megan, like hundred it's, it's like the same thing has, they're continuing their like charitable efforts, even though they're not, like senior royal members anymore and again it seems like the jealousy is just spiraling through the roof exactly it does make like give me some sense of peace that princess di had like maybe some fulfilling relationships post charles in her life like before her passing like that does give me um i
1: don't know just like a sense of relief yeah. I think have you heard about I'm I'm blanking about his name, the Pakistani surgeon that she dated. Do you know about that story? So really. after so after she did this kind of breaks my heart a little bit. So after she um divorced Charles, she was kind of tied to a lot of men, but it's the tabloid, so I feel like you know what I mean. Like you're pictured walking with someone out of a polo match and you're married and you're carrying their child and that spirals, but she To this day, like the rumor is, is that she was in a relationship with, it is bothering me that I cannot remember his name, but he was basically a Pakistani surgeon and they were in a serious relationship. And he broke up with her because the media, I guess, aspect of the relationship, the paparazzi was too much for him to handle. And a lot of people say that the man that she dated last before her death, which was Dodi Al-Fayed. People say that they were in a serious relationship. People say she was carrying his child. People also say he was a rebound. But apparently that first breakup really was hard for her to handle.
0: Okay, so it looks like it's Haznet Khan.
1: Yes, thank you so much. You're correct.
0: But okay, we know from her blood records at her death, she was not carrying this man's child.
1: This guy or Dodie? Dodie's. So that's the thing. So I, you can't even tell because they, you can't tell if you can't tell if someone's pregnant by like a day until that you do blood tests. Cause the rumor is, is that that day she found out she was pregnant. Also oh. some of this could be glamorized stuff. Like, you know what I mean? I find it hard to believe that like the day she finds out is the day she gets in a car accident that has probably been planned for months. But um. Mohammed Al-Fayed, which is Dodie's dad, says that that day he got a call. And like he's publicly said that. So maybe it is true. I don't want to call him a liar. But if, you know, if if you found out you're pregnant, the only thing they can really tell is a pregnancy test. So I don't think you can tell through any type of autopsy, especially an autopsy done after your body's been embalmed. I think it's just one of those things we'll never know.
0: What whatever happened with Dodie?
1: in terms of his like autopsy light oh he also
0: passed away he was he in the car away.
1: he was
0: in the car yeah <gasps> um oh my gosh that's so sad yeah. okay so is that okay if we start chatting about the car crash because you're saying that it's planned months ahead and it does seem a little suspicious that her and her boyfriend were in the car what do you think really happened with that
1: shameless plug i have like a six episode thing on my tiktok yes you you do and i've watched the entire thing (laughs) yes but like this is something that people get heated about by the way like um so i think there's two things that can happen i think you can think that genuinely it was a drunk driver going through a dark tunnel too fast the car didn't work and they died and i a lot of people say like you know you guys are too obsessed with princess diana that you refuse to believe that she could have normal passing i don't think that's the case like Something like, uh, to create an example, like rest in peace Kobe Bryant, he died in a helicopter accident and no one, everyone's taking that, I think, for face value. No one's thinking it was, you know, planned or manipulated. But I think if too many things happen wrong in a perfect sequence, I personally refuse to believe that it was all an accident. So the fact that there's all this tension leading up from, their marriage now they're divorced diana's rumor to be dating these muslim men that i talked about this in my in my episode two but honestly i don't think that queen elizabeth would be okay with um william and harry having muslim or pakistani or egyptian half brothers And that's not me trying to say that they're racist or they hate Egypt or they hate Pakistan. I think that's just trying to say that the Royal family likes to keep their blood British and most Royals do too. I like, I think most Monarchs want to keep it to the nation that they are representing and that's okay, but that's motive right there. In my opinion, I think the fact that um, she had, you know, information on Prince Andrew when his, relationship with Donald Trump is probably motive there. So I think she just had a lot of, she knew a lot of people. She probably had a lot of information on them. She probably had a lot of haters in the the royal family. And I think a lot of people would be okay with her leaving. There's also rumors that at the time you couldn't marry someone unless your um, ex-wife passed away. People were commenting that on my TikTok. I looked into it and I didn't find anything to alluding to that but if that's the case that's that's like our final answer right there i would say is if prince charles can't marry camilla because diana's alive who's gonna take the bullet
0: that is so dark it's actually really dark talking about this like i i didn't think that it would be so like morbid it does seem like there is a lot of motive for someone in the royal family to plan this but what i always grapple with is like how has nothing like ever come out with confirmation because obviously this would have had to been like a multi-person operation etc and I don't know I'm just curious about like is there like an employee at the palace that knows like how what did like the police investigation say Does the the royal family control this police investigation and not allow them to do, like, a proper, objective investigation? Because so many people have looked into it, but we have never heard any semblance of, like... At least that I know
1: of, of, like, an actual accusation. For sure, and I think there's honestly, like, a couple reasons I could think off the top of my head that that's the reason. So first off, I think, like, all the evidence lines up with that perfect, simple story that it was a drunk driver, they found, you know, they did find alcohol in his bloodstream, they did find carbon monoxide in his, in the driver's bloodstream. But for example, when I was looking at the reports, the carbon monoxide levels that he had, a person would die if they actually had that much carbon monoxide. And in the reports, they said, oh, the carbon monoxide was because when the car crashed, the airbags, um, I guess, have carbon monoxide and exposes the person to that. And then, right after Mercedes Benz, which was the model of the car, is like our um, airbags don't produce any type of carbon monoxide if they're um, in the form of an accident. And I think because they were just able to have this evidence that, oh, it was just, an, it was literally an accident, the car was mal- malfunctioning, we did a test of the car, the story lines up so, I guess, nicely that no one would want to take on the pressures of objecting the royal family I think it I think it takes guts to say like I think you did it if you are in a position of power in the sense of like you're a police officer you work in the in the palace like that is either your job you're giving up that is either you're gonna your family might get threatened I don't know what goes on behind those doors but Like, being completely candid, like, the reason that I'm able to say this with, like, an open chest, and I'm like, I think the royal family killed Princess Diana, part seven, is because I live in Canada, and I know that I'm far, far away from anyone who's going to come after me. But I think if I was maybe in an internal position, I would be too scared to do anything. That's so true. And
0: again, I think, like, it's so different maybe in 2021, whereas, like, back then in the 90s, people yeah would just have I don't know maybe a a harder time to to say something or 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 feel yeah less safe doing stuff for sure uh what are the other like main conspiracies like is there any other conspiracies outside of like the royal family I guess my question is like is it Charles going to friggin the queen Elizabeth and saying like I think we should kill Diana like who who comes up with this proposition does the queen act alone do other people know what do you think
1: i would literally i would love to know i don't think what i've learned i think about like corruption is that it's not a plan like they don't have a shared google doc and it's like diana (laughs) murder 101 it's like i think it's just a very like under the table this needs to be done i don't know if queen elizabeth or Prince Charles was directly involved in it but I do think that it was definitely an insider job in the sense that like a a people a lot of people realize they have motive for different reasons and they're like we all want the same thing so I genuinely don't know how how that conversation or that even spiraled and I want to make this like very clear like these are all conspiracies so I'm not you know what I mean this is just like a belief like it could genuinely just be a car accident or whatever it was, but Princess Diana is such a high profile celebrity. She doesn't get into any car with just anyone. So how is it that like that one car that was checked out a couple weeks ago and returned is the same one. That's, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's suspicious. And I don't think anyone else would really do that given that everyone loved her. Like I think if she was someone that had public haters or a celebrity that people despised, You could say, like, oh, it could have been literally just some random person, but everyone in the public loved her. When she died, there was, like, grown men crying on the side of the castle. So I really don't, like, I think her only haters were the royal family. Do any of the senior members of the royal family, like, talk
0: about Diana ever in interviews or publicly?
1: I've only heard William and Harry talk about her, and I think that makes sense, like, that's their mother. I don't even know what they would say though. Even if you've heard, if you've watched interviews of William and Harry, like you can tell that they're very obviously they're their kids and they lost their mom. Like that's the the story. But I think you can tell that it just hurts a lot for them to speak about her. And then I have not heard her name come out of anyone else's mouth. Granted, I probably there's there might be a video somewhere, but I think she's just almost like, you know how we, were, how we were saying, like, the public doesn't want to erase her? I think the royal family does 100, like, 100%. So, it's, like, black and white in that sense.
0: Yeah, like, I follow the royal family Instagram account, which, like, I kind of want to unfollow <laughs> now like, after this conversation. But, like, yeah, like, on the, on her birthday or on, like, the anniversary of her passing or anything like that, there's... There was like literally no mention Nothing. of her, not a black and white photo or like anything. And they do tons of like deep dives um into like every other member.
1: A hundred percent. I think the biggest thing that they did was for her 20th death anniversary, William and Harry did that like kind of big documentary style conversation. And, you know, like, again, that's their mother. So I think you kind of. I don't want to say expect because I don't think you should have expectations on how people want to mourn. But, you know, that's almost seen. But no, I don't I didn't see anyone else. Yeah, that's so sad. It is.
0: Is there anything else you want to touch on Princess Di or the other members of the royal family before we kind of pivot to Meghan and Harry and Kate and Will?
1: Yes. One thing you mentioned, and I didn't even answer your question, I don't think, because I was spiraling <laughs> onto a tangent, <laughs> was That's you fine. asked, You asked, are there, other conspir- are there other conspiracies? There's one, and this went viral on TikTok. I don't know if you saw this, but do you know what I'm talking about? This girl that lives and works in Nova Scotia said that um, she worked at this very high-profile club, golf club, resort and she saw someone that she thought looked just like princess diana and this resort is a super secluded resort like you can live there like there's houses like it's literally like where the rich of like the rich rich go and she's like and i went to her and i was like oh you look just like princess diana and she smirked and she was like oh i get that a lot and the comments were like oh my god like i went to that resort i saw someone that looked just like princess diana so the two other like really big conspiracy theories, I think like anyone who thinks she passed away either thinks it was an accident or thinks it was an inside job. But there are some people that think that Princess Diana like faked her own death and she's alive. And that has been a thing since, this is not new. Like this isn't because this girl saw her. Like this has been a conspiracy theory since she passed away. So that, I'm not going to lie, that that story time about that gave me a couple goosebumps. I'm like, that's so... I don't know, crazy. I can't tell if people want her to be alive. So they're just seeing someone that looks like her. But that's another TikTok viral Princess Diana conspiracy theory that was out. And um, it was actually a pretty cool series.
0: That's wild. I'm going to look it up after this because I haven't heard that. But I feel like she couldn't do that. She just loved her kids so much. I exactly. I, I think that's, that's the one thing that I just don't like the one like plot hole in this conspiracy theory is i just feel like she loved will and harry so much that i feel like she couldn't do that but i w- 100% it
1: agree
0: it is it is nice to think that she could be out there
1: exactly and i think it comes back to that element of like mystery and um that's what people like so uh i agree though i think she loved her kids too much to in nova
0: scotia (laughs) totally yeah also like no one wants to
1: live there yeah no
0: no no shade no shade okay actually one other thing before we move on it's i think you chatted about this in your tiktok series but princess die wrote a letter that said um like to a confidant or something that said like if i ever died it's probably prince charles like That is so messed up. Like that is so effed, and I think that that is also like one of the biggest pieces of evidence
1: that there is. That I don't think your intuition lies. Like you know what I mean. You can sense like even at a lower level. Like you can kind of sense when someone's out to get you or use you or manipulate you. Like we all feel it, and I think that's a perfect example of it. So that I know that was really creepy. She wrote it to her best friend, who was also her butler at the time, and um, he like exposed i don't know if the right is exposed but he talked about the letter in a book he wrote and that i think is that says a lot let's just put it at that
0: do you know when the letter was written in comparison to her death
1: i think it was 10 months before her death and he wrote he exposed it in the book in 2005 i think those are the dates if i remember correctly
0: yeah Ugh, that's so sad i know and Yeah, I just feel like we still see her impact today. Obviously, clearly, we're talking about it now. And um, through her kids, like, I feel like really Harry is kind of living out or like just walking in his mother's footsteps.
1: For sure. And I think something that is really admirable is like how much he loves his family. Like, you can really tell that he loves Archie and Meghan and puts her first. And I hate to say it, but I think that's something that Prince Charles was unable to do with Diana and his kids and there's a lot of drama around them and leaving the royal family too which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit but um it's nice to see that and even on the William end I think it's nice to see that he's preparing to I guess one day be king and that's something that you probably feel pressure about I don't think that's anything easy and you can tell that he's trying to step into that role so even though the brothers have definitely diverged into different paths I think it's something like you can tell they carry their mother's motivation and compassion when they do the things they do
0: absolutely yeah I I really enjoy both of them um and I think yeah you're right Harry's like relationship with Megan is seems very strong and very much like he's doing what his dad yeah couldn't do or didn't want to do so I have a lot of questions. <laughs> why do you think? <laughs> why do you think that Meghan Markle never had a chance to like really succeed in the royal family? Because I remember when it was first announced that they were dating, I actually thought that she got a lot of good press, and um, I think that their like engagement interview was really well received. And I remember in the Queen's, like, annual Christmas address, there was, like, a picture of them on her, like, piano or whatever. But then it seemed like, and maybe it was even before this, it turned so, all of the press, etc., turned so negatively. Like, what do you think happened? And did she ever have, like, a chance to really succeed here?
1: So, Megan and Kate, I think, are very similar and very different And that is, at the same time, and I think that's why Meghan didn't get a chance, is because Kate, I don't know if you remember this, when Kate was engaged to William, a lot of people didn't like her because she's she's technically not royalty. She comes from a very wealthy, aristocratic family, but she's not royal. And people were so upset about that. But I think Kate really was able to kind of form into the mold of what her expectations were of her. She knew that one day she was preparing to become queen And I think she was able to kind of soften up her edges and kind of fit in the cookie cutter that they had set for her. I think Megan never got a chance because one, not only is she a normal person, you know, she's famous because she's an actress and I love her and I love her in suits. But it's the equivalent of like me being like, okay, I'm going to marry the Prince of Belgium tomorrow. And she's biracial, which I think makes an impact again, because she's not British at the end of the day, even if there's other reasons for that and I think when she walked in her and Harry weren't here to impress people they weren't here to kind of pardon my French but like kiss ass or be like okay we're here what do you want us to do obviously they filled their royal duties right after they were engaged they started going to you know their public um events and really doing what they had to do but you could tell that they were like we're gonna do it on our our agenda and I think if you're already kind of weary of someone and they give you that energy you're gonna be like who do you think you are like this is my show and you're just acting in it and that on top of the press talking about her dad talking about exposing messages I don't think the royal family would be happy with that at all they're like you need to act a certain way you need to look a certain way and you're going back to the whole and thing you're cutting you're kind of um, ruining the status quo that we've set in our traditions for so many years
0: Totally yeah you bring up a lot of good points like you're definitely right about like Megan being American divorced an actress and black and she in their eyes had so many things that that they were already fighting against but you're totally right then her family on top of it was probably pretty difficult but I think it was hard to not see them support Harry as well because, like, we know how the line to the throne works. Like, now Will's kids are in front of Harry. So I just, I don't know why there was this, like, equal pressure for them to be like Will and Kate and be scandal-free and stuff when they're not, like, directly, I guess they are directly in line to the throne, but, like, they're not, like, Two and three anymore, or whatever. They're they're like six or seventh now.
1: I think it's because Harry was always a little bit more scandalous. By the way, I don't know if you remember, like in Las Vegas when that whole nudes. I I was like twelve. I was shocked. I was like, "What is happening?" But I think- me
0: too. And and the Nazi costume. Yes. Sorry for interrupting, but no that worries. was really
1: bad. <laughs> exactly, and I think it's because he just knew he never had that pressure of like being king because he probably would never be he knew growing up that kids always go first so it would have been william then all of his kids and then harry and i think despite that the royal family they're traditional and again i'm not trying to say there's a right way of living or there's the right wrong way of living but i think in our generation when we look at megan we see someone like Mindsets mindsets have shifted. When we look at someone who's been divorced, we don't think like that's taboo or that's gross or you're not a good wife. We think like, wow, look, you were able to overcome such an emotional roller coaster in your life. They, The royal family probably sees that as a negative. I think seeing someone who, for example, doesn't have a good relationship with their dad and still building such a successful career, we think of that as a boss babe, whereas in blunt terms, people would say you have daddy issues. And I think it's just a perspective and it's so interesting because it's this exact same thing as Diana. Everyone looks at Megan and I guess, I guess in North America, at least people are a fan of her, whether it's her acting, it's her charity work, it's the way she speaks, her style. Most people have something good to say about her. Whereas I think internally she's seen as a burden. And when Harry said, um, when they made a statement about how they're leaving and Harry was like, Oh, like, I just don't want the paparazzi to do to Megan, what they did to my mom, I think that speaks volume to that because the British tabloids were ripping her apart in ways that they never ripped apart Kate. Granted, when you walk into that position, I do think, you know, you got a lot of eyes on you. So people are going to comment on what you say and what you wear. You have to sit a little bit straighter. You have to eat a little slower. But I think you could visibly see a difference in what the tabloids had to say about Megan and what they had to say about Kate, what, 10 years prior to the same timeline, So I think that's honestly the best summary of, like, how everything, I think, goes down in, like, the royal family and the mindset. So do you think
0: Harry does think it is the paparazzi that was, like, chasing Princess Di? Because he did say that when they first left.
1: Yeah, he did. And um, the paparazzi did have a massive impact, not only on Diana's, like, depression, her bulimia, Her happiness, like imagine someone with a camera is in your face all the time, you would want to lose your mind, but you can't lose your mind because they're going to take a picture of you you losing your mind and put it on the front cover of the magazine tomorrow. And even when she was in a car accident, people were taking pictures of pictures of it. It's literally like the best analogy is if Kylie Jenner fell in front of you and you took a picture of it before you helped her up. That's like the 2020 analogy. Not to say totally. that I think Kylie Jenner is on princess, <laughs> yeah. just to make that clarification. But <laughs> yes. I think I think he does, and I think I, this is a, this might be a follow up to your question: was that like do Prince, like do Harry and William think the royal family did it? Do they think it was paparazzi? I think they think it was the paparazzi and just not getting care and on time. Because at the end of the day, that's their dad. That's their grandma. You know what I mean? Like we're sitting here and we're talking about Prince Charles. Like it's just a fictional character, but that's their father. So I think you need a lot more concrete evidence to genuinely believe that someone who raised you and, you know, you look at every day is behind such a horrifying event of your life. Do you think that they ever like looked into it? I don't know. They've never spoken about it. So I'm honestly not sure. It's like, yeah, a question
0: that has always kind of lingered for me a hundred percent i think another thing with harry though is like when they left the royal family it still seemed like 99 percent of the blame was on megan and i just don't get that because from me a complete outsider who follows the royal family like anecdotally like not super super in depth It seemed like he wanted to leave the royal family for years. So why, again, is all this blame being put on Meghan?
1: So you're 100% right, because he had even spoken about it in like a couple years before his marriage and his engagement, like saying like, I've considered after, I think it was military school, he was like, I've considered leaving the royal family. But I think the reason people like to blame Meghan is because it's honestly just a form of scapegoating. You know, you you look at this person and you're like, People think, oh, Harry was such a young and handsome gentleman, and then he married someone, and boom, he left. Like it's a correlation doesn't mean causation mindset that I think a lot of people have. They like to think, okay, there was this additional variable, which was his marriage, and now he's kind of like gone off the rails and doesn't want to be his a royal anymore doesn't want he left his parents he left his grandmother he left his brother like people almost people I don't know if you've even seen this blame because Harry and William had a super close brotherhood and Harry was super close with Kate and like people make comments about how like Meghan ruined their brother their brother um, relationship and I hate to break it to you he's a grown man he makes his own decisions like I promise you I don't think he's the one I don't think he's being forced to do anything if anything I think Megan was a positive source that pushed him towards making a decision that maybe he was afraid to make on his own beforehand totally
0: where do you think Harry and Will
1: stand nowadays I would love to know I think they seemed like they were really good brothers so I hope that they're I guess still on good terms and they still have a lot of love for each other because they were, I think they were really cute. Like when you would see pictures in them together, especially going through such a rough childhood, I think that even brings you closer. But I think they're just living different lives right now. Like they're on the opposite sides of the world. They're preparing for different things. Like, yeah, it's almost like a band breaking up. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you're, you still care for each other, but it's like, I'm doing my thing, you're doing my thing. You're doing your thing but i don't think they've talked about it at all and no. i think there's rumors that they might go back to the uk yeah. for the 100th birthday of prince philip so yeah stay tuned for that but yeah
0: i like can't wait sure. for pictures of them all together <laughs>
1: like i, I know, know that
0: that and like I, it's just so funny because it's just like pictures of people but i like i loved always seen their pictures in like um even just like walking into the churches on like Christmas and stuff like with their hats and their gloves and just like impeccable clothing oh me too Uh, they have such good style and they look so good I know I just I love it and it's so different from things that we would like wear here most of the time so yeah I just I love it And I can't wait for that. But yeah, you're totally right. Like, I think that's something that people just aren't thinking about is like when you get older and you have a partner and a child and you live in different places, like you still have a good relationship with other people, but you might just not spend as much time with them or it just might be a different iteration. Like this is a really weird connection, but I'm currently rewatching The Hills.
1: Did you, you ever watch that? The Hills? No.
0: Oh my god, this is like these are the the differences between a 28-year-old the, the, and a 21-year-old. The generational gap. <laughs> yes, but cuz it was like our um I don't even know what an equivalent would be now. Is it like a Gossip was, Girl
1: OC vibe? That's what I'm getting from when I'm looking at it right now.
0: It basically is like a real version of The OC. Like, it is, like, yeah, the original reality TV show. Oh, it's reality TV. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. It is, like, non-scripted. Yes. But basically, there's a main character. Her name is Lauren Conrad and her best friend, Heidi Montag, and they live together in an apartment. And Heidi gets a boyfriend and starts spending all of her time with him. And... Lauren just cannot get over it and I don't think that once you get a partner you should stop hanging out with your friends like not at all but I it's so hard to watch Lauren because she's just saying like we used to hang out every single night and now you're never here and you used to we used to have Lauren and Heidi time all the time and I I'm like, well, people grow up and their spouse or their partner becomes their their main person, their best friend, and your relationship might change. And that's sad sometimes, but it can just be just as fulfilling. And I I kind of think that's what's happened here, like that Harry was always like the single guy tagging along with Kate and Will, and now he has his own priorities and it's just annoying that they always pin everything on Megan
1: a hundred percent I think you really hit the nail on the head when you're like he has his own priorities now you know he's not Williams plus one he's not their like third (laughs) wheel and you know when he was younger I think that was almost cute like your older brother and like you're kind of following along you're doing stuff but it's like now he's older and when you have your own wife and kids and someone says your family the first picture that comes to your head is your wife and kids obviously your brother your dad is still your family but they're almost like a second secondary priority to that so i think and i think people liked Harry. people didn't want him to leave or didn't want him to walk away or move and it's easy to blame someone and megan who already gets i think so much hate is just an easy person to target do you think
0: This is a question that we got from a listener that I always wonder myself is like, do you think that relationships, so like brotherly relationships or like siblings or romantic relationships, do you ever think they can be super authentic or thrive or be successful with people that are in line for the throne? Because I just think like they seem to have a really good relationship. But it seems hard when, yeah, like one person gets treated differently than the other.
1: Yes. Okay. It's funny that you mentioned this because I think I was having a very similar conversation about something like this yesterday. I think the biggest source of sibling rivalry is parents putting a difference on the kids. And I don't know how obviously William or Harry were raised but I think if one was treated constantly like you are the future king, you are everything we need, and one person was kind of pushed to the side, I think that would create com- some internal conflict. But I think, you know, they went to the same schools, they got the same things, they got the same experiences. And I think growing up, maybe you don't even register like what it means to be king and the fact that Queen Elizabeth is probably going to be here forever and they're not even going to get the chance of reaching the drone I think it's something that you don't actively think about until you're older and I think just they got lucky because naturally Harry's personality and the way he talks about it seems like he never even wanted that to begin with so I think it was like they were treated very similar William was ready to take that responsibility Harry didn't care for it so I think they were just able to stay good friends but even in like everyday life you've seen like relationships or sisters and brothers that don't get along i think it stems from the parents like favoring one kid and pampering them to the max and not putting enough love and attention to the other ones and i don't have siblings so maybe this is an only child perspective (laughs) that isn't even correct i'm speaking about this too much but i think that's a common source most of the time
0: yeah that's actually really wise i think that's a a really good point but i feel like also even if they tried to raise them equally. There's just these constant reminders that they are the heir. Like, even I just saw a picture, like, it was probably a few years ago now, but it was Prince Charles, um, Queen Elizabeth, Will, and George. And I was just thinking, like, it would even be weird to say you're all hanging out and or all getting your portraits or pictures taken. And then it's like, okay, let's get, like, the errors and like you plebs just like stand over there like it it just I don't know I just feel like they would be constant reminders even if they were the best parents trying to make it all equal
1: no I think you're a hundred percent right and it's something that is so weird because it's the lottery of birth William didn't choose or when becoming but being born first he just Happen to get that so I don't I don't know how much Harry really cares for it but I think that if you do care there's definitely jealousy there and I don't know how much this is true but do you remember how maybe a couple of years ago there was like a lot of rumors about how like Charles is really pissed that like his mom is around and he won't be king like that is like I just don't know if I, I could ever imagine myself being like mom I really need you to like Leave and die because I will and I guess maybe I've never been in that position so I don't want to speak on it but I think a, a, sometimes you are power hungry for that or it's something that has been talked about for your whole life and you're like okay well I'm 70 I'm 60 and what am I gonna see the throne so right I do think it's very difficult
0: yeah. I think that too because yeah we could never think of that but we've never grown up for because he's like in his mid-70s I think like I think we've never had this constant preparation and responsibility and then it just like never come to fruition because people like 75 is like getting on in age this is such a morbid part of the podcast I feel like yeah but like 72 like this is gross but like a lot of people don't live past their like mid 70s so Queen Elizabeth
1: does (laughs) yeah
0: yeah. I guess they must have excellent genes but yeah it's just it is such a weird situation that I could never think of but I even think of like famous people like the Kardashians and stuff that have like no problems like cutting best friends and blah 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 and like or being power hungry against siblings and stuff and it's just such a different life than you and I live oh. as mere peasants. <laughs>
1: uh, no, a hundred percent. yeah, I almost feel like I can't even empathize with it because I'm like I don't even know how to put myself in your shoes but totally it could it could be a potential thing and even between like um Harry and William have so many cousins, but it's like I was t- I was talking about this with my friend and I was like, Eugenie got married months after Harry and Megan. I could not tell you a single thing about that wedding. I couldn't tell you who came. I couldn't tell you where it was. I couldn't tell you what she wore. And almost, I feel like that might be a blessing in disguise because she gets everything they get. She gets the same castles. She gets the same palaces. She gets the same food. She gets the same service. But people almost like don't care. And I think she can live her life. Whereas I feel like it's obviously William and Kate, you know, have all the attention they're in line to be the future king and queen but they sneeze at the wrong event and everyone talks about it and i think it's kind of a double edged sword in that sense where you know you're in line you ha- everyone favors you but all the attention is on you good or bad
0: totally that's such a good point yeah and i just want to put on the record that i actually her wedding dress and her flowers eugenies are my favorite of all of the recent royal
1: weddings um what are what are they like what type of flower were they
0: i think they were just like blush pink roses like dusty pink roses she
1: looked really pretty
0: she looked so good because i do not like what she wears on like a normal basis but it was actually a queen elizabeth dress that was altered for her and i don't think and then obviously the jewels and stuff and i don't think it would be like i think if i had to pick a dress for myself i would pick megan's dress as my favorite like in irl but i think hers as like kind of like a princess or like a royal royal family member, like she truly looked like Like a a princess. princess So I wouldn't wear that to my own wedding because I'm not I'm um, not a princess, but like I, it just looked so so perfect and like su- like such a fairy tale. So
1: yeah, she looks stunning. I'm looking at her right now.
0: Yeah, it is. I think it's my favorite. I think she, yeah, really killed it
1: there. I also loved Megan's um, dress that she wore to their after party. Like I don't even remember what it looked like. It was like off the shoulder I think it was just very it was all I remember was like, she looked stunning he looked handsome and there was like a vintage car and that's that's I was like I yes. want that yes I know it was like I think it was
0: like a halter dress and she wore that yes. huge aquamarine princess dye diamond
1: yes yes it stunning. was
0: I I love that. I love following Instagram accounts of like Megan and Kate's
1: closets. <laughs> like, Even though like they're... I literally have to sell a kidney to buy one of them.
0: Yeah. Yes, because I just love um and I love when they do like deep dives on the the jewelry that they wear and where they're from and their history and stuff and that they're on loan from the queen and like just all of these things that are like so fascinating
1: me too i like this stuff too
0: okay i have two more questions (laughs) they're kind of i now i feel like i'm part of like the tabloids like this is us weekly (laughs) or something but do you think that there's any like truth to the rumors that will
1: cheated on kate i don't know because i think there's not enough evidence in that sense like you know what I mean like I think when you want to hear a story you need to hear like from start to finish tell me what happened next but I will say they're still together for whatever reason you know like I, I'm i not saying they're happily married they're still married so I feel like I have zero idea and granted I don't know if maybe she would um, I don't know if she would get a divorce if they were true I know it was her best friend too so there was definitely Some internal tension on that side. I hope they're not true because I think a lot of people judged him a lot when those rumors came out. To be completely honest, the rumors saying, like, you're just like your dad. Like, I thought you were the good one. It seems very, like, it just seems like gossip, but gossip can also be true. I don't think the woman has spoke out about it. I could be wrong. Like I don't think it was the specific person said like he cheated on me. I think it was someone said that he's been cheating on Kate with her best friend. I don't know if it was someone trying to tell a story like I I'm I have I'm in a very like lost position on this. Like do you have an opinion because I would love to know yours? Yeah, I don't think
0: I I want to believe that again he didn't do that because I love them together and I feel like he's one of the good guys, but yeah, I I do feel like there was a time in their marriage where there might have been a little bit of, like, trouble in paradise. Like, there was that infamous, like, video where he, like, tried to put her, his hand on her, like, shoulder or something and she, like, kind of brushed it off. And, yeah, I think that, like, in any relationship, there there's some ebbs and flows. But, yeah, I don't want to believe that he would do that to Kate. I
1: know. I agree. And I think that... I, and I talked about this a little bit on my TikTok too. I think like people come at the woman who gets cheated on and stays more than they come at the man. So I think obviously William yeah. got a lot of hate, but I think Kate got a lot of hate too from quote unquote feminists saying, how can you stay with him? How can you do this? And it's like, I support that she made the decision she thinks is best for her and her kids. And let's just leave it at that everyone. So it's hard. It's so tough. Yeah, to
0: kind of decipher what is real and to live in a world where people are writing those rumors about you. I feel like that's really difficult. And I think the last question that I have for you, which is like in true ready-to-be-petty fashion, why do you think that William has never gotten hair
1: implants? (laughs) I saw this and I literally chuckled. (laughs) Poor guy gets a lot of hate about his hair. I know he was very attract, very attractive. I think it probably doesn't bother him. Like I think you know what I mean. Like I think if it genuinely, if he woke up and he was like, "I look ugly or I need hair," he has the resources, he has the money. Like yeah. he's he's not lacking that. I think he just it's not a priority for him. Like I think he wakes up and he's like, "I have a wife, <laughs> I have kids, and I need to get and I need to get stuff done." So. I think that's one reason and honestly like I don't know if this is just me I think if something if people made videos or posts granted I don't think William scrolls on TikTok and sees these posts about <laughs> his bald hair but I think like a lot of celebrities like when they get hate or when they get um comments about a specific thing they almost don't change it because they ca- they want to show that they don't care and they're confident and they're powerful be like if you want to be king one day, I think you need to be very self-assured and know what you want and not let little things get to you. So I think he's just like, I don't mind it. If you mind it, go ahead. Same thing, like this is a side side tangent, but uh, Winnie Harlow and her you know, making her skin kind of like her trademark, not to say that I think William is going to make his bald head (laughs) his trademark. I think a lot of people probably told her like, oh, if you get your skin fixed or if you go get a spray tan, you'll be such a better model. And if she was to do that, she might not have been as successful as she is today. I think when people kind of point at your insecurities, you almost don't want to say like, you're right. I do look bad. Let me go change right now. You almost want to say, okay, well, I don't care. Have fun. Totally.
0: I think that, yeah, that is a really good point that you're right. We should rise above traditional beauty standards. And if you're going bald, like just embrace it. But I will say it is just it seems like such a loss because he was literally so fucking hot. Fire.
1: Fire. (laughs) Um, I didn't know this though I kind of feel bad because baldness I think is a is a common insecurity amongst guys I
0: know and I feel bad even bringing it up now that we're chatting about this but I also just want to say like normalize getting hair implants like I like I think that it's becoming a little bit more normalized I see it pop up on my YouTube a lot like just
1: like (laughs) I see it too
0: like guys just like here's my experience and my journey through getting like hair implants but it's also just like and maybe it's specific for guys because like yeah they're not supposed to care about what they look like as much as women do etc which is just bs but like I just think that if it is insecurity just like go for it and also it's like something that I just feel like If you did want to change it for yourself or whatever, you could do that. And I think that people should be like accepting of that. Because I feel like it'd be like, oh, well, what are the tabloids going to say about my new hair? But I don't know. Maybe it's too late now. (laughs) Maybe when it was thinning, he could have done something gradual. But I don't know. I'm of two minds always with like cosmetic things. I'm like, yeah, rise above those like unrealistic beauty standards, but then I'm also just like, also if you want to get something that feels like it'll help, just like
1: do it. I agree. I think you said it perfectly. People underestimate how insecure men can get or people like to say things on the internet thinking that these aren't real people. Again, I don't think William sees the TikToks about his bald head, but I think, (laughs) you know, like some of the stuff that we people say – Is rude and it's hurtful. And I I think that at the end of the day, everyone's human. So if, you know, Kate Middleton gets insecure the same way our moms do or our grandparents do or whoever, people feel insecure in their bodies. So I think you should be able to do whatever you want. And you said it, I think you said it perfectly. And honestly, I think the tabloids say something regardless of what you do. Just do what makes you happy. Like you could get hair implants, and I feel like people are going to write about it. He could not get hair implants, and people are still going to write about it. So I think you honestly just summed it up.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and yeah, bringing all of your perspective and your research to Princess Di, and then Will, Kate, Harry, and Megan. Thank you so much for
1: having me. This is such a fun chat. I love this
0: outside of all of the death stuff it truly was
1: really fun yeah got a little morbid <laughs> yeah. over here but you no, i really enjoyed talking about it thank you so much for having me on
0: no worries where can the listeners find you on tiktok so they can also go through your like multi episode arc
1: yeah so you can find me on tiktok it's just ida salmat a-i-d-a-s-a-l-a-m-a-t my last name's just a after a but yeah that's where you can find me on tiktok thanks so much again for having me this is so fun i can't believe tiktok brought us together i think that's so that's like the most the most 2020 thing that could happen but thanks so much no
0: worries and if you want to come on and chat about anything else just let me know And there you have it. Thanks for listening and thanks to Ida for sharing all of your research and your opinions on the royal family. If you really enjoyed today's episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five star rating and review and follow along with our shenanigans on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at RTBP Podcast. What do you want to hear about next? Let me know, send me a DM, and I'd be happy to discuss... I hope that you are safe and well out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I'm ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.